Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, well, it's the first Friday of the month, and that means Dr. Alessandra Duke is stopping by the show today, and we'll also change things up just a little bit more. Sunny, unfortunately, is no longer in the studio with me. She's finally in Pataluma. And Dr. Alessandra, well, she's up in Bellingham. That makes me smack dab in the middle. Well, kind of. But we'll still bring to you the first Friday of the month with these two wonderful ladies. And we'll check in and we'll see how they're doing on Sunny in Seattle. And now we welcome your hosts for the day, Sunny Joy McMillan and Dr. Alessandra Duke. And good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, attorney turned life coach, Sunny Joy McMillan. And today I am joined by Dr. Alessandra Duke. Hello. Woo! I was so worried about that intro the first time since you're we're, like, usually we're facing each other when yeah. we do this, or at least I'm <laughs> facing Benny or something. So anyway, um, but we're here every Friday, or at least Sunny in Seattle is here every Friday. Today is first Friday. So that's my uh, awesome co-host, Alessandra, for first Friday. But uh, we're here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KK&W, bringing you amazing coaches, teachers, authors, and healers who are on a mission to encourage you inspire you and give you tools to live a life filled with peace, joy, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And when you can't catch the show live, you can always access those show archives. Those are found at 1150kknw.com. Um, find out more about me and connect with me for coaching at goldenoversoul.com. That's goldenoversoul.com. And Alessandra, how do people get in touch with you? Yes, thank you. They can go to Alessandra Duke. Dot com and check out a little bit about my work and also apply to work with me. Awesome. And okay, so this is our first time doing, what is this? Are we triangulating? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. I've <laughs> looked up that word before I use it, but <laughs> Vinny, you're solo in the studio. How are you? We want to check in with you. I'm holding it. I'm holding it there. <laughs> oh, oh God, it's so hard not to see you. Well, it's all good. I'm doing great. Glad uh, you guys can be uh, both on the air with me too. Me. Benny, are you using visual like visuals in your mind and visualizing no, I us? Am. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get cardboard cutouts of us and just Oh my gosh. That's the first idea. Friday. Sunny and Alessandra on sticks. Yes. Right? So yeah, and it is so funny because usually I am facing west, like when I when we would be in the studio facing west, and you'd see the mountain range and downtown Seattle and the skyline, all that good stuff. And I am now facing west again, but from my little home office in Petaluma, and I see rolling green hills, like the kind in Northern California. So not the snow-capped peaks that we usually look at, but these are equally beautiful in a different way. So it's it's kind of funny. Would my that view be is near the Helen uh, Putnam region. Park area. You are on. Your uh, I'm looking at a map. <laughs> I'm on the Google. I'm on the Google. <laughs> you are correct. I'm actually looking at one of those hills in the Ooh. Helen Helen Park. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So That's anyway, amazing. I'm just looking, trying to find my compass so I can figure out what direction I'm facing. <laughs> That's awesome. And so, Alessandra, are you in your new house yet? Yes, yes. Okay. So we, we moved in. We, our physical bodies have lived here for about three weeks. So it's, it's so it's so wonderful. It feels like we've just finally landed. Um, and I think I am facing, 
I think I might be facing the direction I'm usually facing in the studio too, oh, really so oddly. South, right? I think so. Yeah. Yes. And Benny, of course, is still facing more north-ish. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah we're like in our spots. Just oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, Alessandra, I did want to ask you, because when we were talking about, you know, you moving to Bellingham and then me moving to Petaluma, um, the journey that kind of our, the journeys were similar but different. And I'm curious, because when you say you finally landed Mm -hmm. Like, let's do the math because I'm trying to remember when did you guys <laughs> first move and how many little bumps along the way, like in terms of not quite finding the right place yet and now finally finding this place? Like, how did that go down? Because yeah. for anybody else out there, this has been very helpful for me, too, as we've gotten on our bumpy yeah. maternity. <laughs> well, it's really funny because it's like um, it everything lined up because we we decided to move out here. It was the fall. So we, I started kind of being heavily between Seattle and Bellingham, maybe in August. And then Kelsey started her job at the beginning of September. So we actually started living here September. Um, and then we had lined up some, I had what at the time was a genius idea to do some <laughs> temporary housing situations so that we could figure out where it was that we wanted to be. So um, I had, it was kind of like a extended house sitting or something, you know, for people who were traveling during certain months. And I thought, this is the best idea. How come no one has told me about this before? I'm going to do this place for a few months, this other place for six months. And so that's what we did. We had one place for three months, one place for six months. And, um, and it just, wore us down. Oh, I mean, we no. definitely, we definitely got a good idea of where we wanted to be. And honestly, even though I feel a little worn out from the process, we actually counted in the last year since, since, um, since March of last year, we have moved or transitioned or stayed somewhere else seven times. Oh my gosh. <laughs> In this transition. So, but I, but I keep thinking, you know, the house that we ended up with, which is in what I think is the cutest neighborhood in Bellingham. It's the perfect size. All of these things, it would not have been ready at those times. It had two short-term tenants also that ended up buying houses and they didn't end up staying the full course of their lease. Mm -hmm. And had they done that, it wouldn't have worked out for us. And had we been on the market looking for something more permanent sooner, it wouldn't have been available. So it just, the timing of it is so wonderful. And we decided to rent a place cause we're not sure how long we'll actually stay, you know, instead of buy. And, um, and the landlord here that we're working with is just, I mean, she feels heavenly. <laughs> she is just hands off and letting us paint and let our creative juices flow in here. And so, it's, it's going to be really wonderful. Um, so I think it's just a little bit of turbulence before finally just peacefully landing the plane, you know? Yeah. And so as you were going through that, did you ever question the decision to go to Bellingham or were you like, these are just kind of, what is it? I think it is Brooke Castillo who says this, and I'm sure she hasn't been the first, but you know, when you're on your way home from work, if you hit a stoplight, Yes. You don't turn around and go back to work and go, oh, well, I guess I'll never get home. Right. <laughs> like, I guess it's not always that straightforward, but I'm curious. Did you ever question the the decision to go to Bellingham when you started hitting some of those bumps? 
Absolutely. And I want to ask you the same for California yes. because it, um, I think that, you know, so often as I've been in the transition and not only with, you know, trying to figure out housing here, but I mean, both feeling called to be here, but then kind of trying to figure out logistics while trying to also figure out how I want to do my business now under the new conditions with uh, the logistics, like made me just feel like a, a several times, oh no, I, I've done the wrong thing. I've made a mistake. I should have never moved. What were we thinking? That whole, that whole list of things. And yeah, Brooke does that, you know, she provides a great example. She talks, of, she talks about hitting, I'm sure she has done it in several different ways. The one that resonates with me most is when we're thinking about going to the grocery store and we hit a red light, you know, or we hit a detour, we don't just say, well, I guess, I guess it's just a sign. I guess it's just a sign that I'm not supposed to go to the grocery store. I've hit this red light. I need to turn around and go back. I need to give up. You know, I shouldn't have tried to go to the grocery store. I shouldn't have even thought I could go get some cereal. I should just turn around. But we just don't do that, right? We just go We go to the next light or we just take the detour and we keep going. We don't see it as a sign. But the moment that we take risks like this, it's instantly like, oh, there's a pothole there's a red light, there's something, it was a sign. I shouldn't have done this. Why did I do this? So I definitely spiraled down. <laughs> and how, okay, so my next question would be, how did you deal with those spirals? Like, How did you come out of it to remain where you are and then ultimately land in this beautiful, perfect place? Well, honestly, I feel like this is going to sound so weird, but I feel like you saved me in some ways. Sunny. What? Like, I know. When I started, um, when I first started the commute back and forth between Bellingham to Seattle, and mind you, I had it in my head that I would live this very like metropolitan lifestyle and like <laughs> stay at my office two days, a, two nights a week in Seattle, be there three days a week, see my clients, see all my friends, go to dinner, and then come back to my retreat life in Bellingham, you know? And it did not work out that way. None of that worked out that way. Um, and so then I was commuting back and forth and staying at people's houses if I could or just driving back and forth. And I thought, this is terrible. And so I had asked you at the beginning of when I started making that commute, um, uh, if you had some podcast ideas, I said, I need to keep my head out of the gutter. I'm, I'm like really <laughs> struggling. And that's when you sent me um, ideas for life coach school and a couple mm -hmm. of other things. And I started just doing that. I thought, if you know, if Sunny likes this, I'm sure I will like it. I started listening to it. I got obsessed with it. So now I'm marinating that all the time. So the, the, pot, the podcasts help keep me afloat, the making sure that I have um, a grounded practice that feels like home every day. So I'll do, um, at least 10 to 15 minutes of writing every morning. Mm. And I always have that with my coffee and I, I really don't let much else come in the way of that particular routine because no matter where we live and no matter what commute I'm making or have to make that day, I've got this one 15 minute thing that always stays consistent for me. Um, and I also developed a pretty um, stable yoga practice that even mm -hmm. when you and I went to Austin for your workshop, I maintained there as well. And it just is like this, this 
grounded, you know, this is just what I do a few days a week, no matter where I live, no matter where I am, no matter where the commute is. And that has felt like it's created this significant home base for me that I can have while I'm in transition. Yeah. And I think that's so important as you were talking, it's making me think, um, you know, when I get into, I will say moving mode has been about two solid weeks. It's felt like this marathon yeah. that hasn't, I mean, I guess it's a marathon. It never marathons are. Yeah. They're long by definition, but this feels like one of those ultra marathons now yes. <laughs> because You're like in an Ironman marathon, yes, exactly yeah. where I have to swim too, which yeah. is not, not my strong suit. <laughs> so, um, it, it's funny because we've had everything is off kilter in terms of our schedule. And so there were the week leading up to it where you've got the pod arriving and we're packing. And mind you, I'm folding up a storage unit that I basically brought from Texas. And this is also maybe a little lesson in uh, decluttering. I definitely mm -hmm. did not follow Marie Kondo when <laughs> I moved from Texas to Seattle the first time in 2012 um, or back in 2012. Um, but so I, for this move, I'm folding up a storage unit that has been just sitting for seven years. Oh, um, I had stuff that was from um, all the way back in college, through law school, through my marriage. And it just basically, instead of going through anything before I moved from Texas to Seattle, I just packed it all up and we carted like a big, healthy, heavy albatross around my mm -hmm. neck. Um, mm -hmm. Stuff all the way to... Um, to Seattle and just put it in a storage unit. And so for this move, I thought, you know what, we've got the time and the space. Let's, I mean, well, we didn't have a lot of time, but we knew that the move would be coming up pretty soon. And so we started going through the storage unit and all of those things. But mm -hmm. all of this to say, we had a solid couple weeks where I was minimally seeing like my clients and winding up some obligations in Seattle. And the rest of the time is going through boxes and we made mm -hmm. tell you how many runs to Goodwill and to consignment stores and just giving things away. So uh, long story long, I basically am completely <laughs> out of my daily practice. And so when you say you were relying on, you know, your writing and yes. your yoga practice and really being consistent with that. I feel like I'm living in the twilight zone outside of regular society right now because mm -hmm. just on a moving schedule. And of course I'm sitting here in my office and it's surrounded by, I just got my desk set up basically in my bookshelves, but yeah. <laughs> the rest of the rest of the house is really chaos because they just dropped our pot off um, earlier this week so we can start unloading it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I'm, I'm saying it's very good to hear you say that's how you dealt with it. Cause I've got to get back on a regular schedule with this. Yes. Otherwise, I feel completely, you know, how am I spending my day? <laughs> it's just, right. It's well, and it's like, even if all you can do, you know, is that 10 minutes, like we all have that 10 minutes. And I'm thinking, it's so funny. I bet if there could be a camera in both of our places right now, it would just, I mean, we're both in transition, right? So it's like, I'm sitting here, we've got primer all over our walls. There's like <laughs> paint splotches all over the place. You know, I've got, you know, kind of a makeshift office set up, but yeah, I do just think if it's like, okay, 10 minutes, even amidst this chaos to ground yourself, you know, yeah. can be so helpful. Yeah. I, I love what you said too about, um, not following Marie Kondo because, um, I, uh, I accidentally coined this term, um, the <laughs> accidental minimalist <laughs> over the course of these moves. I've just become a total accidental minimalist. I have 
hardly anything I've given so much away. And I just think it's really interesting. And there's, you know, it's very trendy right now to have this capsule wardrobe where you maybe have, you know, four pants and three yes. shirts. And I'm like, I have an accidental capsule wardrobe. I can't even <laughs> fill up an entire dresser. You know, I've got maybe uh, seven things hanging in the closet, you know, and yes. we've, we've had to like go, go buy the things because we have just such an empty place, but it's, it's made us, you know, it's made it easy to, um, to move around a bit. But I think it's interesting the ways that these various life transitions um, impact us in those ways. Yeah, it really, it really does. It's funny when you're in the moment. And I would say, because a lot of times if I want to do traditional Marie Kondo, you know, and really go through and lovingly hold each item and, and see if it sparks joy. Like, I feel like I wasn't even, I was just passing it over my chest area as it went into yes. a Goodwill box. Like, yes. <laughs> I, because I am much more likely to let things go when we know that we have to leave town. And you and I were talking about this actually before we got on air, but this had been such a long buildup. Like, keep in mind, we went and did our scouting adventure in June 2018, and we are just now here in, you know, it was in the tail end of March, arrived in Petaluma. But the lat, it was like a, it was like a dam that had been building up for a really long time. And then all of a sudden, whoosh, everything happened. And yeah. so when you have a very short deadline, it doesn't give you a lot of time, or at least it didn't for me to get sentimental and want to hold on to things. Right. It was just like you are in fight or flight mode. And, and then <laughs> it's a very good way to become a minimalist. Yes. I just can't haul this all the way. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's got to stay with somebody in Seattle. Yeah. Somebody's <laughs> got to take this, take this, take this. I got to go. <laughs> well, and so I'm so curious. Can you tell us a little bit about how, because we got to hear, and I know your listeners got to hear so much about, um, the process and you scouting things out. And I'm, I I'm curious, like, did you have points at which you thought, okay, this, some things aren't working out as quickly as we thought, maybe it's not right. Did, did you feel like you were on your way to the grocery store and you hit too many red lights and you needed to turn around and like, how did you find your place and how did you get to where you are now? I want to hear what happened. Yes. Okay. And so I was looking back cause I remember we had a couple of out of order first Friday. So I was just looking at my calendar. Yes. So, um, we, the last time that we talked was not, it was March 1st and not since then. Mm -hmm. So I will just tell you for, and I, I think I had mentioned this in one of our first Fridays that here's what was going to probably happen. Mm -hmm. So, um, and tell me, Alessandra, if I'm being duplicative, especially for our listeners, because <laughs> I can't remember what I talked about on air and what has just been shared uh, among friends. Um, so uh, we, as you know, had kind of special circumstances in moving down there. It was going to take a special landlord because of our kitties, because mm -hmm. of Chase changing jobs, because of my the, the nature of my business. And people are like, what do you mean it's remote? Right. So we found this lovely lady who was willing to, um, and she's a feng shui practitioner. She's just delightful. So we kind of spoke the same language in initial conversations. She basically held this place that was coming available and she wasn't sure when her other tenants were going to leave, but all of a sudden it was going to be available. She was holding it for us. We came down March 9th and the day that we came down here to look at this place and potentially sign the lease was the same day that this lovely um, friend who I actually met through lady bosses uh, mm -hmm. through your organization, mm -hmm. um, the same day that she and her family needed to put in notice for their place, if they were going to take over and become renters at our Seattle home. <laughs> so, yes. It was like, 
it came together so fast after months of being on hold. So I just say for those out there who are maybe kind of in the same place, um, we just trusted that the right place would come along at the right time. Mm -hmm. And it did. And I knew we talked about when Chase and I really um, were getting down to the wire and looking at, okay, is this the right thing? we got a little, there were points where we were scared. Like it's kind of, we've, his entire family is in Seattle. Of course, mm -hmm. about this before Seattle has felt more like home than anywhere else. We've been there seven years together and me, you know, building a business for four of those years. And of course the studio and amazing community and friends like you and our, the most delightful neighbors. We've never shared a fence or I've never shared a fence in my entire life with people that were such dear friends. And so the whole time we're going, what are we thinking? What are we thinking? Mm. But what the, what Chase and I both, it's so funny. One day we both kind of came together in the kitchen after a long day of like moving logistics and planning. And I just went, Chase, do you think we're doing the right thing? I mean, pr tell me, cause I, I know deep in my being that we are, but I kind of feel things are choppy right now and I'm scared. And he said, well, here's what I was thinking. And he said, imagine that if we just went ahead and, and ripped up the lease and got out of it and didn't move and just, you know, put our stuff back in storage and we just status quo, like steady Eddie, let's just keep the boat going straightforward in Seattle. Yeah. He goes, how does that feel? And I went, Oh no, 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 we can't do that. That's no, we can't do that. <laughs> and that just felt, I knew that felt, um, more, I wouldn't say wrong, but I just knew that's not where the most life giving energy was going to be for us. Yeah. And so I had actually come to the same, I tested that out in my head earlier that day and went, yeah, when I envision it the other way, just staying put, it's like, nope, even if we decide to just stay here a year and come back, this is what we are supposed to be doing. And I don't know how else to say mm -hmm. it other than um, a knowing. I know some people experience their intuitive um, hits or hunches through more visual or more auditory, you know, all the clairs. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely, I think, feel uh, mine comes more as just that that knowing that this is what we're supposed to be doing. And there's also a body response does it, yeah. uh, we talk about this, does it feel more constrictive or more expansive? Mm. And even as we were pulling away, we pulled away on March 30th and it was a 16 hour drive. Mm -hmm. um, and as we were pulling away, Chase and I are both crying. We are looking in the rearview mirror at our sweet neighbors who are waving and crying, um, at mm -hmm. our, you know, shared fence. And I was like, Chase, oh my gosh, what are we doing? Yes. <laughs> Yes. At the same time as I was holding this deep grief at, and at, the, you know, this beautiful situation that we have had for the past uh, four years, we were in that house for, or sorry, five years. At the same time as holding that, I felt this intense excitement in my heart area, like mm -hmm. bursting, like, okay, here we go. This is, this is it. So yeah, being able to hold both of those things too. So Yeah. And so when you, because it was, I, I can't believe that it's been June since you did the scouting visit. It's yeah. like my, my life with you goes by so fast, Sunny. <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, even when the three of us were like calculating how long I've been doing this radio show with you, you know, it just is like, it just breezes by. And so Throughout that time, because that's, you know, a little less than a year, did you feel at certain points like, um, I just want to give up? I just don't want to do this anymore. It's not, maybe it's not meant to be. 
No, I didn't ever feel like that. I just was surprised that it didn't come together quicker uh, or more quickly. Um, Yeah, I thought thought that maybe when I was down there, I came to an event or I I did an event with Sarah Landon in the Oakland area in um, October of 2018 and used it as a little scouting trip of its own to look Mm -hmm. at properties that were currently available. And um, one of them I thought would work out and it didn't. Um, we, and we were very like frustrated that this one particular place didn't work out. Um, but I never thought, I never thought that it wasn't going to work. I just was okay. Universe, I guess this is on your timing, not mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think it's so good. I mean, you know, and, and for listeners, it's like, even if it's not, you know, necessarily a move, just thinking about, it, this could be any, any kind of call that we have in our lives. Yes. Right. And being able to stay the course and honor that call, even if to believe in, I think, I think it's a challenge to believe in it no matter. Right. So that yeah. even if things are not happening as quickly as we would like, which now in a downloadable culture, we want yeah. everything yesterday. <laughs> right. So trusting that when there is when there is that call that, that, that we need to believe in it, no matter what, like, even though we're not seeing evidence right now that it will work out, it's, it just seems like you continue just with one step in front of the other with your full heart kind of aimed in that direction and just kept going. I think that's amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And, and I also think, God, there's, and I, I'm trying to remember, it's another one of Brooke Castillo's. It's like we talk and I know that you listen to her and for whatever oh, yes. reason, all my quotes or all my content that I think of is Brooke's. Yes. But um, yeah, she talks about when people don't follow a calling, what is the word that she uses? Like there is a discomfort in staying stagnant or mm-hmm. I wouldn't even call it stagnant. If I would call it, you feel there's a call to adventure mm-hmm. and you don't follow it out of fear perhaps, or out Mm -hmm. of feeling like you can't, but at the same time, it's not actually that comfortable to stay where you are when you've heard that call. There's an uncomfortable, um, God, what does she call it? But basically, yeah, it's, I know that if I was not to have, uh, if I didn't, had not heeded the call that there would have been an equally or more uncomfortable emotion in staying put, knowing that there was a call waiting for me that I wasn't <laughs> listening Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I wish I could think of the, the term that you're thinking of, but I, I do think that it's, yeah, that it's so true. It's kind of like, I'm also going to butcher a different quote. Like it is, <laughs> it's more painful to remain in the bud yes. than it is to fully blossom. You know, yes. like there's just, there comes a point at which all of us as humans and as part of nature, it, it goes against our natural gravitation to thrive and to open up and to grow, right? That is our nature is to, to grow, to lean toward the light. You can see that in all these plant species and everything like that. Right. So it's, it's like, if we think about it becomes more painful at some point to, for a rose to remain in a bud than to fully blossom. And I do feel like this happens in these life shifts where it's just like you had reached a point where, um, there is so much to love in Seattle, but had you stayed there, that would have remained more painful than taking this risk and trying to grow. Mm -hmm. And it is a funny setup to think that, you know, we are human, we are wired 
to want to remain the same. Our brains love safety, you know? Mm -hmm. And so here we are, although our very nature is by definition, creation and creative, Mm -hmm. then we have this, like, uh, what do you call it? What do you, I can't think of, I'm not articulating any of my words well today, but you're doing so great. You know, you have like a, so you can't go too fast in a car. There's maybe Benny will know what I'm trying to say. There's, you know, so you can't, you can't (laughs) go too fast. It's called a, oh my gosh. Well, it's all, okay. So my whole point is there's something that keeps you from like putting the pedal to the metal. So it's like, we have this nature that is by definition, creative and creation Mm -hmm. itself. And then we have the moderator or whatever it is that in our head, our brains, Mm -hmm. we're like, no, 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 no. Keep it the same. Keep it the same. It's too scary. So yeah, it's that interesting push and pull between our are how we're wired and what we're here for. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, and I'm just looking at the time. Do we yeah. need to take a break? We do. We do. That's okay. Paul. Um, yeah. So you are listening to Sunny in Seattle. It is first Friday. So I am one of your hosts, Sunny Joy, joined by Dr. Alessandra Duke. And we will be back in just a few. Are you ready to get unstuck from a bad marriage and embrace your best life? If you're anything like me, you may have spent years creating a life that looks pretty good on paper. There's just one problem. Your marriage is unhappy and unfulfilling, but you're too scared to trade your comfortable life for a future full of unknowns. In my new book, Unhitched, I will give you the tools you need to make the right decisions about your marriage, as well as the confidence that your future can be better and brighter than you can even imagine. I share my own very personal story and I will guide you through a clear process that will enable you to answer the question, should I stay or should I go? It's a process that will help you tune out fears and unwanted advice, and instead tune into your own intuition and inner wisdom, as well as exit a marriage gracefully and feel secure about your future. Get ready to trade confusion and stagnation for your best life. Unhitched, unlock your courage and clarity and unstick your bad marriage. Available today on Amazon.com. Did you know as many as 15 million Americans have been diagnosed with COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease? Sadly, COPD is the third most common cause of death in the United States. Hi, I'm Representative Cindy Rhee from Washington. As many as 12 million adults may have COPD and not know it. COPD could include wheezing, cough, chest tightness, and shortness of breath, and it can vary from day to day. COPD is a disease that can worsen over time, and patients may experience flare-ups. Flare-ups can increase shortness of breath and uncontrollable coughing and may lead to hospitalization or even death. While COPD is not curable, there are treatments available to help you breathe better and prevent flare-ups. If you or a loved one has COPD, please talk with your doctor to create an action plan that fits your lifestyle. For more information, please visit womeningovernment.org. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines. Time is funny. Sometimes it seems fast, another time slow. When it comes to time slots remaining on Alternative Talk 1150, time is running out. In fact, there are just a few primetime slots available. So if you want to host your own radio program, the time to call 425-653-1150 is right now. Nope, no time for excuses. Dial 425-653-1150 to find out how affordable it can be to host a radio show. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. Find out the latest about your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Check out 1150kknw.com. 
And welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy, joined today on first Friday of the month by Dr. Alessandra Duke. Woohoo! And of course, Benny holding down the fort in Seattle in the studio. Hi, hi, hi. Hey, Benny. It's like Thelma yes. and Louise just a little bit there. I can kind of see you two in the cars driving all over together. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I, I can though. see that. I would love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it is funny because when you were playing that song, of course, Benny always has the best intro and outro music, very, yes. uh, very you. thematic. I thank you. Um, yes, yes. And that's exactly what it felt like being on the road. There's that sense of excitement and not knowing, like landing in a place and not knowing anybody and having to figure out all of the little things like your favorite market and where do you, mm-hmm. where do you go for lunch and silly things like that. So yeah, it's been a fun adventure so far. <laughs> yeah, It's fun. And I, I think it's exhilarating and exhausting all at once. It absolutely is. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, but- it, oh, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. You go. I was just thinking, it's interesting when I moved to Bellingham, you know, I've moved so much throughout my life and usually if there's a big move, it's, you know, it's across the country or into another state or something, mm-hmm. something similar to what just happened for you. And for Bellingham, it's just an hour and a half up the road from Seattle. But mm-hmm. it really, I forgot that part where it's like, yeah, it's still landing in a new place and trying to figure out your favorite market and where you like to go for lunch. I kind of like forgot that that would be part of the process here and that <laughs> it would still feel like moving to a new place I just I just was like oh it's just an hour and a half up from Seattle no big deal but those things are tiring getting you know getting to know the place too that's exciting but tiring I think I agree and yeah and so I I want to also make sure Alessandra now that we're back from break that yes. we I wanted to turn to because I uh, I feel like we've been talking about moves for the entire time which is totally cool but I wanted to ask you about some <laughs> other things that we talked about beforehand sure namely I am really curious because also usually when we have first Friday we at least had a semi-regular habit of meeting for dinner and you staying in Seattle for the night and then we do the show together on Friday morning and so we'd at least have like catch-up time and I feel like this is our catch-up time and so I have no yeah. idea what's happening in your life right now <laughs> and you had mentioned that you're taking some new risks in your business and I I really want to hear more about that and how that's what that looks like and how it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's wild because, um, I will just say selfishly, I'm so sad that you're gone <laughs> Oh, because it does mean like, Oh, that, you know, I know, I know our friendship will still, we are like Thelma and Louise, just as Benny said, but now, you know, from different States and, um, but yeah, we usually do get to catch up and that's just a big part of something that I will miss definitely moving forward. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. I'll, I'll have to come to Petaluma and have friendship and dinner. <laughs> it's an um, easy direct flight and there are now direct flights out of Everett. So you don't even have to go down to SeaTac anymore. Yes. I heard about this dream come true. I mm-hmm. can't wait. That's very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think, you know, it's been amazing because even though I've, um, had those times where I've thought like, Oh no, have I made this huge mistake in moving to Bellingham? Um, it's actually been, I'm so grateful that I did it because, um, what it has really, um, asked of me is to get really intentional with how I'm using my time and how I'm, and being really deliberate about my time in Seattle. And for a while I've wanted 
to um, to have more of my business be online and so to meet with clients more remotely so that mm-hmm. I can bit more freedom in terms of location. And so in, in, with the Bellingham, um, move, of course I had some clients meeting with me remotely, but a lot of clients still meeting with me in person and, um, the commute just got to be too much. And I was talking to this business coach that I have been working with and, you know, she just simply said, and I had thought this before, but something about, you know, it's like, maybe you hear something a million times and one person says it a little different and you're like, Oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Yes. But she said, How, can you just streamline everyone into two days? And and so that you're only in Seattle for two days and only commuting for that short time. The rest yeah. of the time you're only offering is to work with clients remotely because the quality of my work does not change if I'm working remotely. No. And actually, I feel like really in, impactful um, when, when I'm working in that way. So I made a decision, yes. I'm streamlining, I'm narrowing it down. I'm only going to be in Seattle on Tuesdays and Thursdays working with people in person and then expanding my remote offerings. Mm-hmm. And I felt terrified to do that. I felt like I'm going to lose clients. Clients are going to be disappointed in me. I mean, I ran a bunch of different narratives in my mind, all of which were not helpful to me. Yeah. Um, you know, but I lovingly told all of my clients, you know, um, this, this is kind of what I'm doing. This is a plan. I'm only going to be here. And if you wouldn't mind scheduling out with me in advance, that would be great. And I was terrified. I just think it's interesting when you take these risks. And of course, I mean, I'm sure as I'm saying this, people are listening and thinking like, why would that be terrifying? Right. But I think (laughs) I I know what you mean. (laughs) Yeah. It's like when you're putting a certain ask that really has everything to do with making my life easier. And I'm asking other people to accommodate that it's risky, but I also had to trust in the um, quality of the work that I offer and my relationships with the clients that I've built. And it's like, I put out an email, you know, I had contacted a few individually, but then put out an email saying, this is what's happening as of next week, April 7th, I will only be in Seattle two times a week. And I was just like waiting for it, waiting for the wave of pushback or Uh like, I can't believe you're doing this or why would you do this? I can't see you anymore or anything. Like I didn't get any of that. Instead, what I got was clients booking with me all the way through June. And I think stepping up for themselves and taking their work more seriously and me stepping up for myself and taking my self-care and my work really seriously. So that, that has been a really scary slash cool transition that, if I had stayed in Seattle, um, I, w- I wouldn't have done that. I would have just said, you know, I mean, this client wants to meet with me in person. And so I'll just be there three, four days a week. Oh, and sure, I can do Saturdays. Sure, I can meet you. But mm-hmm. I think coming up here has required some different thought around that for me. So that's one of the one of the risks that yeah. has felt really exciting for me. And the other that I made a promise with you about last yes. met was that I have now created my first podcast episode. Woohoo! Yay! Yeah, I'm applauding <laughs> myself. I know, I know. Benny, if Benny is in the studio, I don't know if he's in there right now because I can't see, but that deserves a ding or something. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, and um, and Benny has been just a wonderful consultant in um, in helping me to get there. Um, and he's just you know, a wealth of knowledge and information, you know, on all things. But I think um, it's been just the combination of um, of having, you know, I 
well, anytime that I say I'm going to follow through, I'm going to do this. And I had said that to you, I was like, oh, I'm going to make this happen. So I've got the first episode ready to roll uh-huh. and going to make some new ones. And so, and that feels really risky. And that's what actually the first episode of the podcast is all about. So, um, so those are some cool new things. And also, um, also the scary part of, um, raising my rates. Oh, okay. So I have follow-up questions on all of these things, but to- so, okay, well, ask about the podcast since that's yeah. what you were. So tell us, because I want to know, how do I access this podcast? Where do I listen to it? All that good stuff. Is that, will that be information to come or do you, are you yes. able to share that now? I, that'll be, that'll be information to come, but I mm-hmm. will have that up within the week, at least one of the episodes within the, <gasps> within a week on, um, I'll post it on my website at alessandraduke.com. Um, and that's probably the best place to start. So, uh, I, I had wanted to have it uploaded into the universe, you know, by today. Um, but it's at least made, it exists. So yeah, within the week. Yay. And so what is the plan? Like, what is, will it be different topics that you're just speaking to or how, what will it be like? What's the format? Yeah. So basically what I wanted to do was, um, uh, bring to life and, and make uh, succinct podcasts of a lot of the work that I do with my clients now. And so I'm, I just see so, so many of my clients having so much success in terms of, you know, their own personal growth or what they're doing with careers or in their business or their personal life, relationships, dating, all of this stuff. So what I'm doing is um, each podcast will, will be short, only about 15, 20 minutes so that mm-hmm. you can listen to it as you're getting ready or something yeah. like that. Um, which I love. I love that kind of time. Um, Me too. And um, we'll just be about different topics like, um, you know, encountering, like taking risks, um, managing fear, uh, managing um, expectations and disappointment, like how to, um, you know, manage friendships. I mean, all of these, yeah. all of these kinds of different topics that I end up talking about with clients, I'm going to be bringing to life there. And you know, also just bring, I think bringing in, um, a lot of the different readings that I do on, um, you know, on self-development, but also on, um, entrepreneurship and leadership as well. And just fusing those into the conversation. And my hope too, is to be occasionally doing some interviews with, um, with, uh, coaches or therapists, just anybody who, is doing some life bettering things for people. Um, yeah, I would like to pull them on. So Sunny, I would like to interview you for Ooh, my podcast. Yes. I would be honored and delighted. Thank yes, you. I would love that. Yeah. Um, because I, what I, I, I like to call it is, um, is using life bettering strategies to, um, to help people live more badass lives. So, um, I, I'm excited about all that it will hold. I love that. And you know, it's funny, I want to ask you because the whole reason we created the little accountability was that by, you know, by this first Friday, you would have your first one done. Yes. And it's interesting to me because you did radio in college. We've done this show co-hosting every month together for a while now. You have an awesome radio presence and voice. And yet, and I'm paraphrasing here, but you are (laughs) experiencing some, uh, avoidance or procrastination around creating this and I I, how what was that now looking back on it or maybe you're still in it I don't know and (laughs) and how did you get past it 
Yeah, thank you. That's a great question. And thank you for the compliment. <laughs> yeah. I love, I mean, I love radio. I love broadcasting. I love being near a microphone. All of those things are great loves to me. And I think that um, somewhere along the way, I adopted a belief that um, I had nothing of value to offer, which mm -hmm. is really interesting belief, given that I have a lot of experience and a PhD and yeah. all of these things. But I think, I think as we kind of go along, sometimes it's like the more we know, the more we realize we don't know. And <laughs> there's that. <laughs> so I was thinking, well, what, what can I say that people haven't already heard? Um, and so just working through a lot of the negative chatter in my mind um, and really trying to work with that and thinking, just like I tell my clients where, sure, I mean, there's nothing really at this point that's being created that we have never heard of before, but certainly the ways that it's communicated, the, the person that it's coming from, that's all of the unique part, right, is the, the ways that it's packaged. And so thinking, you know, even if someone may have heard some of these concepts before or ways of thinking about this before, maybe my way will resonate with them. It does with my clients. And so why not share that? And so I think really working very hard to challenge some of those negative beliefs. And um, I'm, I do self-coaching scholars with Brooke Castillo. And this last month was really focused on changing some of our um, you know, aligning with a new belief or a thought that we want to, we want to work toward believing. Mm -hmm. And so mine was, you know, that I, I, I essentially that I, I have, I can create things of value to others that, and they're willing to pay me for it, or they're willing to listen. Like I create value to the world, right. That benefits others. And I do work that I love. Yeah. Um, so working with that thought every single day, um, has really helped me over the course of this last month to kind of build up that muscle for myself. Um, and I think, um, and noticing too, the avoidance, you know, strategies that we use, cause we do that in all kinds of ways, right? Whether it's like you go to sit down to do something and all of a sudden you have to clean the whole house. Yes. I do that <laughs> all the time. Or you're like, Oh gosh, you know, I need to like make a new pot of coffee right now. <laughs> Or the dog needs, you know, something like, and these things seem so urgent, right? When you didn't need to do that before. But I think we, we neglect to see that as like, that's fear. That is fear. Yes. Sit down and do your thing. You don't need to clean the house right now. You need to spend an hour doing this thing. So it's just been like that kind of, um, you know, less about, time management or putting it off, then it is just total and complete fear getting in my way. Yeah. And would you say we talk about, or I talk about it a lot, and I know you're familiar with it too. I think we've talked about it on a first Friday several times, but the, uh, Gay Hendricks, the big leap, yeah. um, would you say you were upper limiting when you, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. And for those, I know we've mentioned it before, but if you are not familiar with this uh, book, The Big Leap by um, Dr. Gay Hendricks, he talks about how we each have a threshold for how much abundant success and love we are willing to accept into our lives. And it can, this happens for a variety of reasons. It can be because your family of origin told you you were not good enough or you were not 
um, smart or whatever it could be because you were told not to outshine your sister because she wasn't as talented as you. It could be for any number of reasons. He goes into all of these in the book, but basically we do things to kick ourselves back down to our original thermostat setting of how much goodness we're willing to, to take in our lives. And this feels like you doing, stepping out on your own to do your own podcast. That feels like a huge amount of expansion. Um, Yes. Yeah. So yeah. And I think that there's definitely, there is that upper limit. I mean, even, even in this, this week where it's like, okay, it's my last week of doing this three day week in Seattle. It's my last week of having to stay somewhere kind of uncomfortable for me and try to get ready. You know, next week it's, I'm just going in two days a week and I'm launching this new podcast. Um, I've got this, these cool workshops up and coming and, you know, sure enough, it's like, um, in that same week, I start feeling a cold coming on or all week long. I've sort of wanted to, this is something Gay Hendricks talks about is like, uh, instigating an argument with your partner. Yes. You're having a perfectly wonderful day and actually feeling a little bit too happy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so, you know, it's, it's like life will get to this place because there has been so much chaos in my life previously. And because there was a lot of early messaging about my capability and, and you know, family members telling me I wasn't capable or I wasn't smart Mm. enough or, um, that I didn't really have talent. Um, and so, and I, I think that that was, you know, that was coming from people who, um, people who were hurting people who, disappointed in how their own life experiences had shaped out and really couldn't tolerate a young person with a lot of energy and vibrancy and a lot of big dreams. And so, you know, it just was annoying to them, I think. So it's going up against all of that where it's like, I look at my life and, um, I'm seeing my career take form and shape into what I've really wanted for many, many years. It's like growing some legs. And so of course I'm like, well, clearly I should start an argument with my partner. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not always that conscious, right? I mean, we don't realize that we're doing it, but I've just felt this, um, this urge to bring up all the, all the things Uh we should talk about all the things, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, just so that we don't leave listeners hanging, I will say that the way that Gay Hendricks advises to deal with this, because it's it really is a lot of subconscious programming. So there are a variety of modalities out there for addressing, um, you know, unwinding that subconscious programming. But he has what he has used for years, and he calls the ultimate success mantra. And he said he's been tweaking it for oh, all these many years, but it goes something along the lines of, I expand in abundance, success, and love every day as I inspire those around me to do the same. So when you find yourself picking the fight with the spouse, Mm -hmm. uh, procrastinating by cleaning the house, any of the things, um, yeah, just allowing yourself to use that mantra. And um, he said he repeats it. He has in the book various ways that he uses it, like saying it for several minutes at a time, I think, and then pausing and saying Mm -hmm. it. Um, But really, anything, any, any way that you want to use it, I think would be um, beneficial. And, and I've heard it. God, I think I heard someone else say, maybe it was Dr. Christian Northrup that the word expand 
somehow, you know, sometimes when you use certain affirmations, your mind or one's mind, I've had this experience myself and clients have mentioned this. It's like your mind just goes, nope, not agreeing with it. Yes. But with the word expand, there's something about it that really allows the subconscious, the the subconscious doesn't know what to do with it. So it kind of allows the expansion as opposed to Mm -hmm. just putting up the big stop sign. (laughs) Right. Because we don't have a lot of resistance to that word, right? Like um, where we're, we don't argue often with like, no, I won't expand. Thank Mm -hmm. you very much. Mm -hmm. Right. So our brains Mm -hmm. don't have as much of an argument against that, right. As maybe words like success or, you know even whatever it is. Yes. And I know we've got like probably two minutes to go or something, but tell me just real quickly. So you raised your rates. Mm-hmm. Like what is, what have you learned from that or how if, for people out there? Cause I know we've got a lot of heart centered entrepreneurs and practitioners out in the audience. Mm-hmm. It is so, it is so hard to try to put a number to an offering when you're, when you're wanting to help people, you're wanting to do the work that you love. It's, it's sometimes it's hard to demand more, but I think it's really important, um, for us as healers to really see our value in the world and to express that to others that I can see the value in me. I want you to see the value in your working and healing with me. I think that that's really important. Um, and, um, um, and what I have found is that you can name you can name your number, and the right people, the right people will say yes. The right yes. people will match with you, and um, and that's what I've found is you know I uh, floated it out there to a new client, and I just held my breath and thought I don't know what she's going to do, but either way, I can I can stand in the knowing that I I'm I'm worth that. I'm at least worth that. And she came back and she said, sure, that sounds great. <laughs> and I thought, you're kidding me, right? So, <laughs> it's, um, so it's really exciting to see, but I, I think it's um, I think it's just really important just us, us having our own backs around stepping up for our, our value. I love that. And so bottom line, you mm-hmm. were scared to do it, but Terrified. you did it. And now you're glad you did? So glad. Okay. So glad. So so there's the moral of the story, I guess, (laughs) as we wrap up the show is. Yeah. Take risks. Be afraid. Do it anyway. And expand past your thermostat setting so that you can uh, embrace all of the abundant success and love that we are here to enjoy. So (laughs) I guess that's a good place to end on, huh? Love it. I love it. (laughs) Awesome. Benny, thank you for holding down the fort in Seattle. You're welcome, ladies. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah. And to everyone out there, you've been listening to Sunny in Seattle. Today was First Friday, so it's me, Sunny Joy, and Dr. Alessandra Duke. And um, Alessandra, what's your website one more time? It is alessandraduke.com. There's one only, only one Alessandra Duke out there, so you can Google <laughs> me too. And my website is goldenoversoul.com. So connect with us for coaching or um, questions about the show or Alessandra's new podcast, and uh, we will see you as a duo at the beginning of next month. (laughs) Bye.